Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on Catch and Shoot 2.0, nobody does drama like the NBA. We look into what's going on both on and off floor with the teams like the Lakers and the Sixers and how they're dealing with their issues. The Suns have had their own issues to deal with related to their owner, Robert Sarver, but it hasn't stopped them from playing at a very high level. We discuss all of that with someone who covers the team from the Valley of the Sun. But first, Darlene, get us started. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Catch and Shoot 2.0 goes well with both red and white and is perfect with the workout of your choice. Our hosts are Aaron Berlin, a former Kansas Jayhawk who believes the Orlando Magic will win the championship. Eventually. His partner is Otto Strong, a man who has covered the NBA since before Dennis Rodman got his first tattoo. Fellas? Welcome to Catch and Shoot 2.0. I am Otto Strong. I'm not Aaron Berlin. Aaron is off this week, but filling in is our... As, as, as Aaron likes to call him, the double B, Bruce Bernstein, the head honcho, chief content coordinator. Uh, Bruce, how are you? What's going on? I'm doing well, Otto. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's getting a little bit chilly up here in New England, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the weather's getting colder, but the action on the court is getting hotter. <laughs> I like what you did there. I like what you did there. And probably nowhere is it hotter right now than L.A., and I'm not just talking about because of the weather, but, <laughs> but we've got, we've got, we've got a, the Lakers got a little bit of a situation. Yeah, I mean, they're coming out after halftime and just getting destroyed by, like, Good teams, bad teams, generic teams. Uh, it's it's a it's a bad situation for them. I mean, LeBron's been injured, although they say he could return on Friday night when the Lakers are in Boston. Uh, that sounds kind of soon, but I'm sure LeBron wants to play the Celtics because, you know, I'm sure LeBron hates the Celtics uh, and wants to beat them any possible time he can play them. But, you know, I think, you know, that team's having some growing pains because they're trying to integrate, right, you know, Russell Westbrook and, and Carmelo's been great for them off the bench, but if they can't get a bunch of games to play together where they can get some kind of rhythm, this team is not going to go very far this season. Otto, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah. If I'm the late, if I'm the Lakers, I'm a little bit concerned. I mean, on the, on the flip side, you know, on the one hand, they're eight and seven and they haven't had LeBron for, for a number of games. Um, and, and you've got AD saying they're playing like rap and they, and they acknowledge that and they know that on the flip side, you know, as our, producer Dan Kramer has, has noted for us, um, they're giving up 80, the, the differential, I should say, is 89 points in the third quarter. And that's only through 15 games. So you're basically coming out of, out of, out of halftime and you're getting smoked. Um, and that's, you know, clearly not good for, for any team, uh, let alone a championship squad. So um, they definitely have got to figure some things out and, and quickly. I, like, I kind of think that they will, but at the same time, the, what scares me the most, I guess, is the, is the age. Um, 
you know, you, you could paper over a lot of things. It's hard to paper over age. Um, and I know that in the playoffs, you know, they don't play back to back to backs, but still, you, you gotta, you gotta, as we all know, you gotta get there first. You gotta have a, you know, I, I think they want to avoid the play-in situation um, that they kind of got bit by last year. And um, so I, I, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm, I'm like you. I'm a little, I'm more concerned than I was, you know, a couple of weeks ago. You know, there, there are three top guys. I mean, Carmelo's 37. LeBron is going to be 37 at the end of the year. Russell Westbrook, I think, is probably around 32 or 33. Um, I mean, those dudes got a lot of miles on them. And, and, and I don't see a whole lot of depth coming off of the bench in L.A., to be honest with you. I mean, a lot of their depth is now in Washington. Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, those guys came off the bench for them when they were, you know, pretty good team last year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, the Lakers – I think their window is kind of this year. And if they don't win it this year, I, I could see the drop off being pretty severe going into next year. Again, anything short of getting another Anthony Davis on their roster. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, hard, hard, to, hard to see how that's going to, how that's going to, uh, how that's going to go right now. But um, um, you want to swing over to the, to the Eastern conference. There's always lots of drama in Philadelphia, Otto. <laughs> Uh, what, what exactly, I mean, I, I, we, look, we have, we have talked about, you know, Ben Simmons, we, we've talked about the situation. Um, but I, I don't feel like I've got a, a real handle on, you know, how this is going to play. I mean, certain situations, sometimes you feel like you, you kind of know how this is going to write itself. And like this, I, I just don't know, you know, which end is up with these guys. I mean, Tyrese Maxey's played really well at point guard. He's, you know, I think he's averaging around 14. Of course, since Joel Embiid went down, they've lost four games in a row. So no Embiid, no Ben, obviously. So uh, after a really very, very good start, they've kind of come back to earth a little bit. And I don't know. I mean, uh, according to uh, Shams Sharania, uh, Rich Paul, uh, you know, told him that, you know, the team's recent string of fines, targeting and negative publicity have furthered the mental health issues for Ben. Now, I don't know that Rich is really doing his guy a whole lot of favors by kind of pointing that out, because while you can certainly have some sympathy for a guy who's going through emotional struggles, the other side of that coin is, is the guy unable to handle pressure? And when you're a point guard on a, on a team yeah. that purports to be a championship contender, you know, you have to have a little bit, you know, more you know, I don't know, determination or, or be able to kind of block some of this stuff out. And it seems to me that, you know, Ben is a fairly sensitive guy. I mean, you know, maybe too much for his own good. What do you think? Well, that, look, that's, that's an excellent point to raise. I mean, you know, what we've seen in other, um, other athletes going through some things, um, you know, whether it was been um, um, Simone Biles or, or, um, uh, tennis players blanket blanket right Naomi now. Naomi Osaka. But thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you know what? What those athletes decided to do is to you know take a break and step away. And that I don't, I haven't really heard that so much um, in in this particular case. I kind of wonder if that. I don't know if that necessarily would. I don't think that that's necessarily a, a cure all. Every time that you you know need a break, I don't think that's necessarily you know it either. So I'm not sure what the um, what the, what the solve is. And I, I agree with you with, you know, if you have people who are, 
kind of saying directly or indirectly that, hey, my guy is fragile, that's, uh, that's not exactly the best you know, position to be in. I mean, for, you know, for, for, for Ben or, or his representation, um, you know, or, or the, or the Sixers as, as an organization. So I'm not, I'm, I guess, like I said earlier, I don't, I really don't have a handle for how this is going to play out. Sometimes I felt like seeing situations, you know, James Harden, you felt like, okay, he's going to be gone. He's going to wind up somewhere, probably Brooklyn in there, you know, and then he shows up, but this is like, I just don't see how this, how this gets uh, cleaned up. I mean, Ben has really damaged his own brand a lot in the way he sort of handled himself. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of teams, while intrigued by his skills and his potential, he's still a pretty young guy. I mean, the kind of off the court way he's conducted himself, I think, you know, a lot of teams are going to be, I mean, and I think there's probably guys on teams that are players that while they may have some sympathy for Ben, they can kind of sympathize with him from a distance and they may not want him in their locker room because, you know, negativity is just a, a, you know, it it can, it can spread and metastasize and lead to some really bad outcomes. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to be funny here, but COVID's not the only thing that's contagious. And I get you, I get you, I hear what you're saying. Like, you know, um, just like, um, you know, we, we, as, as we've told uh, um, people who, who tune into the show, uh, before sometimes we pre-record so the the, the the conversation we're going to about to have with Dwayne was pre-recorded and Dwayne uh, is going to talk to us about Chris being that kind of guy contagious but in a positive way you know rubbing off you know good the good embers on on onto the onto those um you know players around him and so so that that's that's fine and I, I but at the same time you can you, you can only I think you can only be in this situation but for so long i mean the, the nba you know, you're talking about the, the, the creme de la creme you you everyone like everyone's really really good so the you know the difference between you know a, a, a an eight seed and a, and a five seed sometimes it's just as you know just just a couple of games and when you know what's a couple of games a couple of games is a couple of shots and a couple of shots sometimes is a couple of what free throws so mm-hmm. it it's it, it the the window there or the or the you know the difference between what is you know um good versus not not so is is sometimes infinitesimal so yeah i I, look i wish the guy well i wish the organization well but uh but they definitely like i like i keep saying i I don't know which how this is going to write itself and one organization that has had to navigate through a lot of drama is the phoenix suns particularly as regards their owner robert sarver and otto uh we're going to welcome Dwayne Rankin from the Arizona Republican, who is going to shed all kinds of light on that situation for us. Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver is under investigation by the NBA for alleged racial and misogynistic comments and creating a hostile and toxic work environment. Meanwhile, despite all that, the team just keeps on winning. To talk about all that, we're pleased to be joined by Suns beat writer for the Arizona Republic, Dwayne Rankin. Dwayne, welcome in. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Hey, anytime, anytime. Uh, so, hey, let's just let's just jump right in because there's a lot to discuss here. So, first off, let's talk DeAndre Ayton. Um, obviously, had a had a huge coming out party in last year's playoffs, and and uh, and this year just returned from a leg injury, playing in Monday night's uh, um, Monday night's game. How did he look, in your opinion? How did he look last night? He, he looked he looked pretty good. Um, you know, I was when was watching him the previous two days. Uh, you know, him work. 
because it was really the first time I'd seen him work because usually he was just standing there. Now, granted, we're getting limited viewing. Not like we're getting full practice. I just want to make that, put that disclaimer out there. Sometimes I put out video, they're like, all they're working on is threes. I'm like, well, that's all we're seeing. All right. They got like a whole 45 minutes they did before we even walked in. But you didn't see him doing hardly anything. Usually you would see him doing what all the bigs were doing. So the last couple of days you were seeing a little work and you were like, okay, he's getting close. And, uh, you know, we, I, interviewed him last night and and I was big on the part of when he got that lob from from Chris Paul and finished two hands over the top I was like okay well he seems fine Could, you know, so, so just to, to, for, for the for the folks who don't know what what specific um aspect of the leg injury were you most concerned about or, or looking for him um uh what, what were you looking for just explosion you know can he you know a a, a running and then b explosion can can he jump I mean, that's a huge part of his game. You know, he's, 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 he's a pick-and-roll lob guy. He can do a lot more, but that's primarily his role. So if you can't do that, you can't, you can't, you can't finish at the rim, you don't need to be out there. And so the fact that he was out there and then he, he got that finish early from Chris at lob, I said, okay, well, it looked like he's good. And he, he wasn't laboring. He was tired at times because he hadn't played in like 11 days. But 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 the leg moving and jumping and running was what I was looking to see in, in yeah, 22 and 12. So uh, so I would say the leg is he, he said it felt good afterwards. I don't know how it's feeling today. They had the day off, but he said it felt good afterwards. So uh, so it looked like he's ready to roll. Dwayne, you published some material today uh, based on a conversation that you had with DeAndre about some of the stuff going on with Robert Sarver and some of the comments allegedly made by uh, our buddy Jalen Rose last week. Uh, So he says that he really hasn't paid any attention to any of that stuff and he hadn't heard any of that stuff. Um, And we're going to, you know, we're going to, you know, talk a little bit more about him, but is he, I mean, is that credible? Is he the kind of guy that really isn't all that interested in what's, you know, said and spoken in the media? Is he pretty much just focused on his work? I think that there's a couple of things. One, you know, you got to look at who he's playing with now. Um, looking at Chris Paul, who has been through this, you know what I'm saying? So I think Chris is, has been that, been that guy that sort of, hey, look, this is how you address or this is how you handle. Now, but, but, but at the same time, he speaks his mind. I mean, he was he was a guy that was saying that he that he thought that he deserved the big contract and he was disappointed and wasn't getting the deal done. So it didn't like he holds his tongue. So so you can take that for what it's worth. I think in this situation, it's it's it's, it's he's following the lead of others and how to address it. Uh, but when it came to his contract and not getting that getting that max, hey, he he, he let it be known. Hey, I'm disappointed. You know, I'm, I'm not happy with the situation. Uh, he felt like, you know, you could tell he was feeling disrespected because other guys got theirs. Michael Porter Jr., Shea, you know, obviously Trey, obviously, you know, uh, Luca got the Supermax. But guys were getting those, those, those that five-year max that he wanted, and he let it be known that he thought, I mean, he was confident that something was going to get done. And so then for nothing to happen, he spoke on that. So there are situations where he has spoke uh, even earlier in the year. He called a, they lost one game and he said the third quarter, he said that was unprofessional. <laughs> it's about the team. So he had not have any problem talking. Uh, I just think that in this instance, you know, he's following the lead of others and on how to address 
the situation. But I mean, look, yeah, look, the guys can say what they want, and you know, I have no whatever you, however you want to express yourself on the situation is fine. But this is tough. I mean, you, you you're talking about some serious allegations that affecting and speaking to you as players. I mean, they, 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 they're hearing. I mean, Jay Crowder even admitted that you can easily get distracted by all of them. So don't, don't think that they just got on visors <laughs> and not seeing it or hearing it, because they don't. I mean, they, 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 they're hearing it, and they're probably hearing more than what we know. So, uh, But I think DeAndre just following the lead of, of, of Devin and, and, and Chris, to be honest. So what does it say for, for this group of guys that won, what, nine in a row, I believe? And right, it's uh, nine seven, in a row. seven since this story broke. And right. I'm not going to say, I mean, I, I believe everything you're saying, that, that, it, that it's having some kind of effect. But what does it say about the, either the team or the leadership or just the, the group of guys that are able to kind of, I don't know if it's, I don't know if you would call it shutting up, shutting out what's happening, or it's just managing to, 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 you know, to go about and, you know, be professional and do, do what they have to do. I think that, it's a way to escape in a way, you know what I mean? Like it's a way of, well, they, like they're really you know, focusing in on, on more on playing. Cause if they don't, then, then the allegations of the investigation, all that, then that becomes more in their head. I think this is in some weird and just insane way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's allowing them to, okay, well, I don't want to deal with that. So let's really focus on basketball. And uh, but again, I think it's on the brain. But I think when you have again, when you have Monty Williams set the tone that night, that night that he came out and when the story dropped and he set the tone about how they were going to address it and him being uh, human, but yet him establishing this is who we are. This is what we've been. This is where we're going to be. That 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 was only maybe, you know, 10, 15 minutes but that established who, how they were going to move forward with this. And they've just, and they've got with Chris Paul and then Jay Crowder and now JaVale McGee, they've got vets in there that can say, Hey, this is how you address it. And the younger guys are not young, but not that young anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, Mikhail Bridges, he's mid twenties, Cam Johnson, mid twenties, DeAndre is fourth year in the league. So these guys that were young, or not young, not that young anymore. And so I think that there's a growth that's happened and, and just finally on that subject, they know they got a championship caliber team. And I think that after they lost a couple, it was like, yo, you know, we, we, we got to switch this up. You know, we got, you know, they have to be better. And I think that that's what's happened. Now, some of these teams they've played is helping that too. Cause they're playing New Orleans, they're playing Houston twice. Then they played, uh, you know, they play some teams that aren't very good. So we're going to see that challenge here coming up with Dallas, Denver. They got Golden State like three times within like 30 days starting in no, late November. So all this is going to be tested. But right now, um, it's all working in their favor and, and, you know, in terms of how they're playing. Earlier in the conversation, Dwayne, you you alluded to Chris Paul's, you know, experience with some of this stuff and, you know, clearly referring to his time with the Clippers and the whole right. Donald Sterling mess. And of course, Monty Williams, who should have been coach of the year last year, uh, you know, he was my preseason pick, by the way, and I was so disappointed that, that Thibodeau got it. I thought Monty totally deserved it. Anyway, I got to move on from that. 
foot. So you talked about the leadership and Chris Paul has generally been acknowledged by pretty much anybody in the know as being perhaps the one or two best leaders of a team in the NBA. I think you had to put LeBron in there too, but certainly CP3. What is it about his leadership style that is so effective? Oh, he's, he's a, he's a constant. The guy doesn't let up. Like literally, like he talks 24 seven, like Chris Paul is constantly in your ear. Like he's constantly talking. He's constantly telling you what you need to do. He's constantly talking with coach Williams. The guy's, those two talk watching game like Chris sitting on his couch, Monty sitting on his couch and Severin Holmes. And they're literally texting each other. Like, did you see that? Because they know each other, they, each other watching the same game. Guys can't wait till four or five o'clock start watching basketball. I mean, it's insane. Like the, like we're talking about Chris likes gym rats, people that just constantly are thinking the game. And he's got a few gym rats starting with Monty Williams in terms of wanting to sit and watch games. But, but Chris is, Chris is the guy that holds people accountable. And I've been saying it all along. Way you play helps reaffirm what you say. And when you're scoring 19 points in the fourth quarter against Minnesota to pull out the game, who's not going to listen to you? Like, like, like if he says, go climb a mountain, and you say, why? And all he got to do is say, well, I climbed one. I scored 19 points in the fourth quarter. You do the same. I mean, what, 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 you going to argue with him? I mean, he's playing at such a it's such an elite level. And I've been watching Chris Paul since college. And, I, you know, I mean, he's definitely one of the best point guards ever played. And I thought he deserved to be on the, the top 75. But the way he's playing now, it's insane to watch, really. Like, he'll go three quarters where he's just passing, 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 you know. And he'll get a rip move foul on somebody or, you know. He's, and then all of a sudden, fourth quarter, it's like he hits this, he gets in this mode. Like, it's it just – so his ability to not only – you know that he's 17 years in the league and what he says, he knows what he's talking about. He's the only guy I've seen. He literally goes in the coach's huddle after during a timeout. Like I've never seen that. I've never seen a player just literally go in and start talking to the coaches while they're in their coach. Yeah. That's like sanctuary. Those coaches in their little huddle. He just walks right in. Like I got a pass to come in here to speak my mind on something. And they're not arguing it. They're like, come on in. I mean, like, he has a power on this team that a lot of guys in the league would love to have with their team. It's right up there with the LeBron influence where what he says goes. I mean, JaVale McGee is there probably because of Chris Paul. I mean, so it's like he has a lot of say in what happens. And so, and the reason, the big huge reason for that, the number of years and also the experience, the know-how he knows, he's seen it and done it over and over and over again. And uh, he, he's, he's, he's in your face, but he also acknowledges when people play well. And that makes the guys feel good. Like Mikael Bridges says, he views him as a close friend. He's called Mikael Bridges. He's like, he's one of my children. You know, the way Mikhail's kind of silly. You know, Mikhail kind of has his, as a sense of humor. He's like, yeah, it's like my kids. That doesn't go over well with certain dudes. But it goes over well because there's this genuineness going on with them right now. And, uh, and winning helps. 
but Chris is bulldog. He's in your face. He's constructive, but they know it's coming from a place of him wanting to win the game. And I think that run to the finals, they saw, okay, well, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. Now, had they went 500, <laughs> they might be tuning him out this year, but they didn't. So, so they're, they're, they're fully locked in on whatever he says. And DeAndre Aiden is, you know, they've had like, they're sitting down one-on-one talking about the game. They're literally like, he's like the coach. Like your point guard is a coach on the floor, but off the floor, like, like, it's insane what's happening with that. Like to see that evolve that that fast, and uh, and relationship with Devin is, is is perfect. They're like they're they're brothers. It's not big brother, little brother. It's equal. And uh, Devin goes at him. He goes at Devin. And so uh, when you have your two best players that kind of respect for each other, but want to compete, because that's what Chris is about. He's about competing. If you're not competing. It, you're going to have issues with him. So he forces that hand where you have to compete. And uh, Devin's all in for that. And when those two are all in, everybody else just follows suit. Chris has certainly had, I mean, when you consider what he's done on the floor, the 17 years and all the accolades, uh, and then he's had this, this other, I mean, what he's experienced, whether it's with the Clippers or the, the near trade to the Lakers, which would have obviously – dynamically changed it fortunes. Changed history. And, yeah, it would change yeah. history. Yeah. And so I kind of wonder, I mean, a couple of things. I guess the first thing is, do you think he's having the most fun of his career at this point in time? I think it's it's right up there. I think when he first came in the league, you know, it was that whole excitement of proving that he was as good as advertised. Right. And then he went through a situation with the Clippers and they were they were lob city and they were having they were doing a lot of stuff, but they weren't winning. At the level people thought, so now it became well. See, you know they had all this talent. They didn't. He, they didn't deliver. Then he goes to Houston, and uh, he even talked about. I was asking him about, you know, they won after nine in a row, but he was on the Clipper team that won seventeen in a row, and with Houston won seventeen in a row when he was there, and he thought the seventeen in a row at Houston. He said it was a good. Um, said it was a good spirit about that. He said the Clippers. 17, I said it was a little shaky. So, so, it, so it even tells you that even when you even when he was winning there, he was like, ah, it's kind of rough, you know. Um, but then he goes to Houston and he's close. He gets hurt, and they probably would have beat the Warriors if, if he was healthy. So then that's frustration. And then it was still like, you know, he kind of got rolled off in his mind. Like, well, you know, you're not that guy anymore. And the funds I thought came back, thought come back in Oklahoma City when he got there. And then I think what he what, what became apparent was that he liked working with younger guys that were listening. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like the young guys are looking at the Chris Paul of, yeah, that's 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 CP3. That's that's that guy. That's the guy I used to watch when I was a kid. So they're viewing him totally different than some of these guys that's like his age or a little younger. So now it became where he's like, well, I can have an impact on these younger players that maybe he couldn't have with older but guys his age, you know. So then they started following him, and he's got friendships with OKC players just off one year. And you're seeing it now. There are young guys on the Suns that are looking at him like he is, a, you know, he's passing up. Devin Booker made a great point. He was saying how 
that when he passed, uh, when he became third on the all-time assist list. And so they're just, you know, the guys are sitting around saying, well, okay, he passed this guy and Devin, like, this is not normal. Like, what he's doing is not normal. Like, like he's, 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 he's in that, he's in a stratosphere that they aspire to be at. So he's an inspirational figure, yet he's also someone that, that is demanding of them. And when you're able to find someone that can push you, but then you still got love for him, um, I think that's helping Chris have fun with it and enjoy seeing younger guys learn from him and then improve their game and get better. And then them responding to him in a positive way, as opposed to him, you know, him saying something to them and they're like taking it negative. Not that, that some of this stuff doesn't sting. Someone tells you you're not doing your job. <laughs> you kind of like, yo, but they, they, they really appreciate him. And I think that in turn has helped him appreciate the game more and he's having more fun than maybe he's had probably since when he first came in the league. Um, and then now that he's on a team now that, I mean, they got a chance to win a championship. Uh, you can't ask for anything better other than winning a championship. So um, we need to circle back a little bit on the whole Robert Sarver situation here. So the league has begun the investigation and the law firm handling the investigation had a meeting with Sun's employees over the Zoom on uh, Monday to address some of the concerns of confidentiality, retaliation, et cetera. Any, any idea of the time frame of how this investigation will, will eventually conclude, or is that really something nobody really knows? I think if you just base it off of what they've, what they've investigated before, you know, if you look at the Mavs situation, I think, I think it started in February, 2018 and ended in September. So if you're just basing it off of that, because it's a similar thing in terms of what they're looking for. Mm. Um, if you just base it off of that, we're talking, I mean, it could be, it could still be ongoing throughout the playoffs. Wow. Um, I would, I would like to think that it would be over sooner uh, just based on the fact that, you know, they kind of have a, you know, that, that confidentiality thing is huge because now people can speak more freely. Mm. And that would, you would hope that that would bring more people out faster because somebody might be sitting on the sideline and going, nah, I'm not, nah, my, my name might be out there. Somebody's going to know what's happening with what I say. So you would think that that would speed it up uh, a little bit, but you cannot make a mistake on this investigation. Like you just can't. Like if you, if, 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 if you, if you don't, dot all your I's and cross all your T's and it comes back and someone's like, like, yo, man, uh, you missed this. This happened. You, you can't, you can't have that in this situation. So they, they should be definitely taking their time trying to get all they can get before they come to a conclusion. I mean, they, I I just don't see how you can't do that. I mean, if, if, if you rush this, and then it turns out a way because you're, you're talking about people's livelihoods and you're talking about people's uh, how they're going to move forward with this. You know, I, you know, because I've always my whole thing has been whatever results they come up with, how is that going to impact others moving forward in life? 
you gotta take that, you know, you know, down in an investigation, you know, you, you're trying to get to the to the bottom of it. But my thought is always, okay, well, once they come up with something, how's that gonna impact that employee? How's it gonna impact that boss? How's it gonna impact everybody that's involved? Um, because there's cause there's there's dots connected all over the place. Like now that I'm, you know, talking with people, you're like, oh wow, okay, that makes sense. Oh wow, really? So you you so they they they're going to have to take the time with this. This 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 is not a rush job. Um, I, I see that same time frame with Dallas happening here, um, but you know we'll we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see. So with respect to, um, I mean, you were talking about what kind of the what comes next. The investigation will happen, and it's it's. I mean, I don't think it's fair for anyone I say you know what you think is going to happen because you know let's we got to let the investigation play out. But with respect to the basketball side, the GM um, fans, what what has been what's been the tenor of things on on those on those fronts? I mean, with respect to say players, you know. Do players, does anybody want out or is anybody is going to hurt the team, uh, hurt the ability to bring all the players in? Is it, you know, that, that, that's, 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 that's a great question because that, because you're looking at a situation now where people want to play for, people want to play for Coach Williams. So does that impact how you look at the owner? Do you just look at him and say, I want to play for him? Because there's guys that have come and said, I want to play for Coach Williams, and they don't hardly play at all. Uh, you know, I mean, you're looking at Alfred Payton right now. He, he, he thought about, you know, I want to play for Coach. He's not hardly playing. Uh, last year, they brought guys in, I want to play for Coach. You know, they're not, they're not there this year. So it's like Coach Williams has an impact in terms of who wants to, wants to come there. And so then – that's where the whole players that they have, like Chris Paul, he's like, he's like a recruiter. You know, he's recruiting guys. You know, they, them and Devin recruited Jay Crowder. <laughs> so it's like, is that, is that going to weigh more on bringing guys in as opposed to them thinking, well, y'all still playing for this owner that's been accused of X, Y, and Z. So I think that's where the struggle is going to be, whether it becomes do they want to play with Devin Booker or do they not want to play for the owner? Because of because even if even if he's found, you know, you know, where okay, none of this is true. I just I I've been talking with people and I think it's a gray area. I think we're going to see something where it may not be that total extreme on one end or the other, but the, but the truth is always in the middle. So I think once they find that truth, then it becomes that you still have issues with 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 what with, with you heard, what the owner said or didn't say, or the allegations of that. Is that enough for you to not want to come play in Phoenix, or is it? And they got a championship thing going, and if I come there, maybe I can be the difference to put them over the hump. Mm -hmm. So that that yin and yang is probably going to be depending on the player how that particular player views the situation. Uh, you know, it was funny because JaVale was talking about when he first got to Phoenix, he's like, man, the weather is lovely. You know, he's, so, so I'm going, wait a minute, you was in LA. He was in Golden State. Yeah. You know, like, I think that weather's better. You really <laughs> want to get on it. Okay, because it gets 110, 115 here. But it could be somewhere else during the summer. 
But I guess the point I'm getting at is that I think that what the Suns have established and built attracts players. The key now is for them to continue to keep that, keep stay at that level, to keep getting guys. Because right now they're at the point now where it's adding a piece here and there. It's not reshuffling the deck. It's, okay, we lost this guy. Let's go get that guy. We need this. Let's go get that guy. So, so James Jones is more can be more particular in what he gets as opposed to when he first took over, they reshuffled the deck like that next year, like like eight, nine new guys in. He doesn't have to do that anymore. So now you can go find a certain guy regardless of the circumstances around it. And so Aubrey eventually is going to have to have that sit down with the whole team. At some, whether it's during or after, um, and have that talk to really explain himself, I would think. Um, because, you know, you still got, even though they're winning, again, I, I think that's on the brain. I, it, it, why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, like JaVale McGill, he's, he's just another old dude that wants to go to Phoenix where the weather, because it's a dry heat, right? I mean, right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, ain't nothing dry, 115, 115, trust me. <laughs> you've been you've been, super, you've been super generous with your time, but I got one more question that I would like to ask you before we, we let you go. Um, Sarber always kind of had a reputation as not necessarily being the most, you know, open wallet sort of guy, you know, kind of right. had that rep. So how do the how are the fans reacting to this? Are they thinking, OK, you know, they had a great run last year, but, you know, that might have been in spite of Robert Sarber owning the team as opposed to anything that he did. Are the, do the fans feel like this is everything's good, team's on an upswing, we don't really care about Sarber, or do the allegations against him rub off on the fan base in any significant way? It's a very interesting thing because you have it's, – it's, it's, it's really been interesting because there have been fans that have come out and basically said that, don't judge the guy until it's over. And then there are fans, this is just adding to the fire. You know, like you didn't pay Aiden, you're tight with money, you sort of, you, you, your come off can be a certain way, and now this. And there, 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 there is an equal amount of fans that are like, yo, he can go. Please get a new owner in. Then there is a, a number of fans that are like, don't, you know, you know, let's don't rush to you know, rush. Don't 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 rush to get to a conclusion without the investigation being over. One of the things that helped Robert Sarver was hiring Monty Williams. Because what that did, that gave him like, OK, OK, at least he saw it. At least he got that right. You know, <laughs> like it was like he got that right. You know, like he hired the right guy. And so. I've been saying all along that the best move they've made since hiring Monty Williams was hiring Monty Williams. Like that, 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 that set, that set the bar. That set the tone for what's happened since. So he got credit for that. Sarver did, even though James Jones was the one that made that happen. So then, so then now James becomes executive of the year. Then it becomes, oh, okay, yeah, he, he uplifted James Jones. That, that's another check mark. All right, all right, Sarver, that's two right there. They get to the finals. All right, so that's three right there. And then this happens. So now it's back to rehashing all the stuff that they had issues with him in the first place 
And now this is adding on to it substantially for that fan that wants him gone. But then there's a equal there, there's, there's a substantial number of people that I've talked with that have called and texted and been like, yo, man, let, 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 let it play out. So it's been really odd watching this. Because I thought it was going to be everybody saying, oh, yeah, great. Now they got really something on him and he can go. But there's been a substantial amount of people that are not ready to just say, get rid of him. I have him sell the team or whatever, you know, because the Sterling stuff with the comparison were being made and and that's going to, that naturally is going to happen. But there's a substantial amount of people that I've talked with and that I've seen that's like, yo, you know, that's not the same or, you know, let's not, let's, let's, let's not make judgments. That's been surprising. I didn't see that come. I thought it was going to be 99.9% everyone saying, yo, force him to sell the team. But it hasn't been that way. So, uh, so, it, so we'll see how this, but I think again, Suns are winning and that helps in terms of how they're viewing the team and how they're viewing Sarver. So it's a lot, a lot going on with this team right now. Like I, like sometimes, some days I'm just sitting around and going, oh, <laughs> 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 like, like, like what's next, man? <laughs> like when your phone rings, it's like, oh, you're like, uh-oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, here we go. Something new. It's like it's wild, man. Like, but uh, but yeah, there's a lot happening. There's Dwayne a lot said, happening. Dwayne's saying we're not even at Thanksgiving yet. Right, 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 right. We're not right. even at Thanksgiving. I'm just like, holy cow! <laughs> like it's crazy. But um, but it's serious stuff. All jokes aside, it's serious stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. So, we'll, so I'm I'm waiting for that, and like we all are. You know, we're waiting to see how the investigation plays out and. Um, they cannot mess this up. I cannot stress that enough. The NBA and this law firm can't can mess this up because you're setting the precedent for the future. If you do, they cannot mess this up. Uh, 100%, Dwayne. Hey, look, we, we always say this at, at the end of interviews. First, we, we say thank you, but we also say this has been great stuff. And it this has been truly extraordinary mm-hmm. stuff. And we would certainly love to have you back, you know, as the investigation, you know, proceeds and we'll, I'm sure there'll be other stuff to talk about. Yes, sir. So, uh, you know, so for our listeners that, you know, if you want to know what's going on, <laughs> you want to be, you want to be reading Dwayne Rankin, uh, uh, obviously beat writer for the Phoenix Suns for the Arizona Republic. So thank Appreciate you, sir, that. for your time. Pleasure. No, pleasure to talk with you. Thank you guys. It's been fun. Uh, even though it's, 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 it's serious stuff. Yep. Yep. Um, because I don't want to dismiss that. I want people to think, well, he's just, no, no, this is serious stuff. Yeah. But, you know, as far as this team and what they're doing, it's, it's been incredible for them to be winning like they are considering. Um, it's been it's, it's been incredible to see. And they got Dallas and, you know, obviously, you know, status of Luka, don't know what that's going to be. But Dallas is a good team. And then Denver, Denver just beat them. And then the, the next week, you know, they're at they're at they're playing Brooklyn. So I, I'm uh, I'm there. I, I've won. My, my mind is on the investigation. Right. People don't seem to want to understand that. I'm like, my mind is on that. But, you know, when you're with the team day to day, you're also looking at the wins and losses. And nine wins in a row, you know, with, with, with six without Aiton. Uh, and he comes back now. It's, it's, I'm very curious to see how, this, how, how they move moving forward with him back now and how they play. Um, so because uh, they, as, as good as the team is, they still almost found a way to lose that game. 
last night in <laughs> Minnesota. Yeah. So, so we'll see. We'll be watching. We'll be watching. Thanks again for your time, sir. Thank you. Appreciate right. you. Take care. That was dope. And um, Bruce, look, we say this every time that we do an interview like that was that was really good. That was great stuff. But I mean, this was kind of like this was really great stuff. I feel like I learned a lot. Um, you know, just just about the you know the investigation. Obviously, there was going to be a lot more that we're going to hear about it. You know, as, as the as the weeks and months go go by. But but Dwayne's Dwayne's got a lot of a lot of knowledge there. Well, I mean, Dwayne's been around that franchise for quite some time. Certainly, you know, when it comes to the you know his his observations about Chris Paul and his leadership skills were really very. I mean, just a really sophisticated inside information on on how the guy operates and. Of course, um, his knowledge of, you know, the owner slash governor, Robert Sarver, the stuff that he said towards the end, I think was really interesting in that he sort of was surprised that the fans aren't ready to run the guy out of town, you know, on the next train. So uh, uh, it just goes to show you that even a guy like Dwayne, who's been around that team for a good long time, can still be surprised uh, by what he sees. And that's why we need great reporters like him covering these teams. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, so speaking of great teams, what is going on in the East? Could you, can you, because um, we did not, I mean, I don't think we had Washington, Chicago, Brooklyn as our one, two, three. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong there? I think Brooklyn was up there. <laughs> uh, Washington, you know, since they became the Los Angeles Lakers of the East with Kyle <laughs> Kuzma and Montrez Harrell and, and Cantavius Caldwell Pope, along with Bradley Beal, who's, you know, played really well. Uh, and they have a rookie coach too, Wes Unsell Jr. Um, really a great story there. And, you know, Washington fans have always been really good fans. So they deserve to have a team uh, that they can cheer for. Now, Otto, they they have to hope that Bradley Beal loves what's going on there enough to want to stay there long term, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that uh, hey, getting, getting guys, as, as we learned in the last segment, get, you know, getting guys and then getting guys to stay you know, is, is, a, is, a, is a skill set un, un, unto, unto itself. Um, but uh, but there, you know there's another team just outside of the of the uh, the top three there that's uh, you know making some noise as well and that would be the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, you've I'm, I know you've probably watched a little bit of Cleveland Cavalier ball because they were playing your Celtics. So what, what can you tell us? Well, they they played each other on Saturday and on Monday, uh, and Cleveland is very very impressive. They also have a rookie. Co- well, not a rookie coach, but he's new to their team. I believe JB Bickerstaff. I'm, I could be wrong about that, but anyway, I've always sort of considered him a young coach. Um, they, uh, I know that uh, Evan Mobley uh, hurt his elbow in the Monday night game, but he is really good. I mean, he needs to hit the weight room a little bit. Uh, he needs to bulk up a little bit, but you can just see the way that guy sees the game. He's a good passer. He's got a very high hoop IQ. And I love Darius Garland. Garland, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that when he plays, you can just see the energy just crackling off of him. He's like really exciting. He's like dynamic. He's got lightning bolts shooting off him. He made a shot on Monday night where he went to the hoop. Jason Tatum came over to guard him and Jason's got at least six inches on him. He looped the ball high up off of the glass above the square. Okay. Kissed it above the square dropped straight down into the bucket. And it was like, you know, it was just, it was, it was Kyrie like almost in, in, in its artistry. So, yeah, I know that, you know, 
a lot of people weren't expecting much. Oh, by the way, Ricky Rubio learned how to shoot. I don't know, like after 12 <laughs> years, how the guy finally decided he could willing be a willing three-point shooter, but he could always pass it. But but he's actually putting some points up on this board. But I want to ask you about a team that used to be really good and seems to be really good again. That would be from the 3-1-2, the Chicago Bulls. What are your thoughts on their early season success? So, you know, when we, we talked about the Bulls, um, you know, a couple of, a couple of shows ago, and I, I thought like right out of the gate, I was like, kind of, okay, they, I think they had, you know, some, some, some weaker teams and let, let's, let's, let's see what, let's see what they were really all about. But um, look, they're, they're, they're 10 and four. They just put a, they just put a hurting on the Lakers. I mean, although that kind of is somewhat of a theme these days. Everyone does that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and, the, and look, I'll say, you know, like the Lakers are not, not at, not at full strength. And so there's, you know, there's, there's certainly that, but um, they, they definitely look like they've got a, they're playing with a certain mojo and it feels like, you know, I mean, I, every time I, you know, hear bulls, I, you know, cause I'm a fan of a certain age, my mind kind of, you know, goes back to a to a to a certain player, a certain set of players back in you know <laughs> Chicago Stadium and all that. But uh, you know, you're looking at the games that they've got coming up. They, you know, they've got some some you know some some good games. Uh, um, you know, they've got Portland, Denver, uh, Knicks. Uh, the, you know, their next their next three, and um, they're 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 balling right now. I mean, we'll we'll see, we'll see if it lasts. I mean, I, I I hope it does because I think anytime the Bulls are playing well, it's just ex- exciting for the league in general. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I do enjoy watching them. I'll say that much. And much like the Wizards who have flourished with their three former Lakers on their roster, the Bulls have become semi the Lakers of the Midwest with Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso, uh, both playing, you know, quality minutes for, for them. So uh, uh, good job. Excellent job by Doug Collins. He is somebody who's like an advisor in the front office here. You don't really hear a lot about him. You and I, you know, knew him from our ESPN days, Otto. That guy is such a brilliant basketball mind. And I'm really, really happy for him because I always loved when I had a chance to talk to Doug Collins. He always made me feel so much smarter about the game simply by listening to him. So good luck to the Bulls. I think the league is always better when a team like the Bulls are relevant, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Without, without question. I mean, one of the things I'm looking at the standings that I don't know how much we should be you know, stressing about this um, because it still is rather early, but you know, where are the NBA champs? Milwaukee, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> in Milwaukee, but they are 11th and, you know, um, I mean, look, like I said, it's early, but it's, it's, it's definitely, it, it is, it is the East's time. I mean, it definitely feels like, you know, they're, uh, and they, they, you know they're going to have some work to do because it doesn't seem like like the squads that are in front of them are going to be laying down any anytime soon. They seem to me to be. I mean, they've had injuries. They've had COVID. Mm-hmm. They, you know, Middleton's been out. Drew Holiday was out. He's back. Um, and uh, it, don't you think that that's a team now that after like multiple great regular seasons and, a, and an NBA championship, they just need to get to the postseason in good health. And, you know, playing pretty well the last like three, four weeks of the season. And I think most people, if, if they end up hitting the end of the regular season with, with good health and, and a little bit of momentum, uh, you know, I, I could easily see them getting back to the finals. Oh, with, without, without question. I mean, I, th- I think there are a lot of teams that are kind of in that camp. And then there are the other squads that are still kind of scrapping to try to figure out who they really are, uh, what they've really got. Um, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if, if, if uh, 
you know, Phoenix gets in, rather if, if Milwaukee gets in the playoffs, um, I, I like, like if like they like they might not, <laughs> but when, you know, th- yeah, sure. I, I think only a fool would say that they um, that they, that team would be uh, would be in jeopardy anytime they step on the floor. This uh, you know likely win a game. So, our our great producer Dan Kramer is reminding us of the uh, you know since we're talking Milwaukee, what about Giannis and supposedly these comments in GQ where his next challenge might be elsewhere this has got to be every bucks fans nightmare that Giannis is going to take his talents to south beach or (laughs) new york city or the west coast or something i just hope that that doesn't happen i mean i want Giannis. i want milwaukee to 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 keep Giannis and not become as dan is saying kareem (laughs) abdul jabbar 2.0 yeah look i mean i you know, who I look the bottom line, enjoy what you got, <laughs> you know, enjoy, enjoy the time you got for, you know, we're, we're all, we're all taught, you know, this is, this is a, this is a business first, um, you know, the, the play games. And then you, we're reminded of that. We've, we've seen it, certainly seen it over the years. I mean, if you went back, you know, 10 or 15 years, I don't think we would have predicted the number of moves that LeBron has made, the number of moves that Chris Paul has made, uh, the number of moves that Mello has made. I mean, it's so you, you kind of have to assume KD You kind of have to assume that it's that that day is coming, but you know, who knows? Well, we've, we've spent a lot of time, you know, talking about this, that, and the other, but I know Darlene is waiting in the wings. She's got a few things that she wants to say to help get us out of here. So uh, uh, let's toss it to our good pal, Darlene. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. It is time to wrap things up for this week. First of all, big thanks to Dwayne Rankin of the Arizona Republic for giving us the true inside scoop on the Sun situation, the investigation into team owner Robert Sarver and their recent uh, successful run. Thanks also to our producer, Daniel Kramer. I always call him Dan, but the script says Daniel Kramer, so we'll go with Daniel. And to our editor, Drew Rich, who I call Drew. As for the rest of all that Pure Hoops media material that we have to offer. The Mike Wise Show each week brings you entertaining takes, incredible stories, and high-level guests. This week, they had Matt Steinmetz of 95.7 The Game in the Bay Area talking about the Golden State Warriors and their uh, early season run. Monica McNutt and King McClure have buckets, boards, and blocks on Thursday. BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman will soon be back with the Pure Hoops podcast that's going to drop each Friday. And Aaron Berlin will be back with Otto next Wednesday for Catch and Shoot 2.0. Hey, everybody. Our big hope for this year is that every person on the planet gets the COVID vaccine and the follow-up booster shots so we can finally put this pandemic to an end. But, you know, we're not there yet. So please protect yourself and others by wearing a mask, washing your hands, and maintaining your distance. Please don't forget the medical professionals and the other frontline workers who are doing their part to keep us safe. So for my guest partner, Bruce Bernstein, and my regular partner, Aaron Berlin, I'm Otto Strong. See you next week. Be safe. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.